thank you, Mike. You're welcome. Thank you for uh, welcoming here. Um, it's nice to see you again. Uh, I'm also, I think, when I was here last time. Uh, let's, let's pray uh, for God's help as we look at God's word. Father, thank you that uh, the Lord Jesus uh, came to earth and uh, in his time here he taught so powerfully. Uh, please let his teaching tonight be clear to us as I speak, and that is, uh, looks after the youngsters, that uh, our teaching actually be, be made by your Holy Spirit into your voice that your people hear. And that we would have hearts ready to, to hear and respond. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, beginning right at the bottom of the page, verse 21, uh, and verse Then Peter came up and said to him, to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought in who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused, and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debts. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servants as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debts. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So, time for youngsters to head off. Those who are staying, please keep that open because we're going to have a look at it together. I'll be referring to it. Right, let me tell you two stories. Uh, Frank is an electrician with two children. He fell out with his parents about how he should teach the children, bring them up, and they didn't speak to each other for years. Frank's father dies. Frank doesn't know about it, so he doesn't go to the funeral. By now, the children are adults. After 29 years, Frank's mum moves up out of the blue to ask for help with the household electrics that he fitted years before. He goes and helps, and they start meeting up regularly. 
No one says anything about the bus stop. 29 years. If Bay's been upset by Teo's mum, Teo's mum says if he only wants to marry Teo for his money, that if he's greedy, if he insists that she must pay her back, get her own back, that her mother and all dies. If he didn't get to pay her back in time, didn't get to have her own way. If he is a bitter woman. Now those are both true stories apart from the names. These stories show how ridiculous, pathetic, destructive and sad it is when people do not forgive. If you do not forgive, if we do not forgive each other, it breaks relationships. It separates families. It cuts us off from those we love and can leave us bitter. But amazingly, Jesus says, refusing to forgive is much more serious than that. Refusing to forgive is more serious than those stories show. Jesus warns us that refusing to forgive can be more dangerous to us. It's worse than the harm it may cause to my relationships with my family and friends. And Jesus teaches that in this story about forgiveness. Forgiveness is when someone has done something wrong to me, for Mike's illustration, and someone bashed him. He is a victim. What's he going to do? Someone has been wrong, rude, someone has been unkind. But if he won't forgive, now he is also in the wrong. The way he reacts puts him in the wrong by his refusing to forgive. I want to explain to you briefly what the Bible does mean by forgiving there's lots of misunderstanding about that. Then we'll look at the story Jesus uh, tells us. Now I want to explain a bit about practically what it means, but if you've got more questions, please ask them at the end, because it is such a difficult topic. So first, what is forgiveness? I know a lot of people think forgiveness is something like this. You have a big blow-up, you have a shouting match, you go up to your own rooms, you avoid one another, you cool off. And then after it seems like long enough has passed, you just start talking again. A bit like that story with Frank the electrician and his mum. One of you makes a cup of tea for the other. The trouble's passed, Peter's returned, it's over. That is not forgiveness in the Bible. Someone, uh, often people think, when someone says, I'm sorry, and we need to then say, oh, it's okay. Or we say, you didn't mean it. Or we say, it doesn't matter. None of those is forgiveness. Okay, none of those is forgiveness. They're sort of brushing it away again. Because when we say to God, I'm sorry, please forgive me, he doesn't say, you didn't mean it. He doesn't say, it's okay. He doesn't say, it doesn't matter. He says, I crushed my son to pay the price so you can be forgiven. It does matter. <coughs> so what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is when I've done something wrong to you and you know I've done something wrong to you. Okay? When there's been a real wrong from me to you, I need your forgiveness. I need you to choose not to hold that against me. Here's, here's another example of what forgiveness is. You, know, you say to me, Joel, the bus was last week, late last Sorry, the bus was late last week. 
I want to talk about this with you. I, I want to forgive you and, and make names again. And I said, well, it's not my fault. Someone goes, you know, I don't need your forgiveness that the bus was late. Doesn't matter how angry you feel about the bus being late and angry with me, I didn't do anything to cause that. But what if I was in the wrong? What if I was rude? And you say, John, you, when you were angry, you were rude to me. I want to talk about it. I want to forgive you and ask your friends again. And I, then I do need your forgiveness because I've done a real wrong. And, and forgiveness is, is when I have done a wrong. It's not just how you feel. That's an important difference, isn't it? Because I, sometimes I get, well, I don't know if you're as stupid as I am, sometimes I imagine people doing things. I mean, you think there's enough going on in the world as it is, isn't there? Without you imagining them. But I imagine people doing things and I get cross about it. They don't need to come and say sorry to me. I just need to stop imagining those things. Um, but if I've done a wrong to you that you didn't imagine, I need your forgiveness. And forgiveness is when you decide not to hold on to it. You say, yeah, it was a wrong thing you did, George, but I'm not going to bring it up again. And I'm not going to go around telling others, and I'm going to try my best to get on with you. That's what you're promising when you forgive. I'll say those three things again. I'm not going to bring it up again. We've talked about it openly, but I'm not going to bring it up again now. I'm not going to go and tell other people about it, because it's done. And I'm going to do my best to get on with you. That's what we're promising when we forgive. So Jesus' story, did you notice, it begins actually with a question from Peter on the previous page. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I will forgive him? When I'm the person who's hurt and they've done wrong for me, I'm owed an apology, I deserve an apology. When that happens and they say sorry, well what do I do if they do it again? And again? Am I supposed to just keep forgiving them? Is seven times enough? Seems quite a lot, doesn't it? We might have had up after three. And that was just when he pretended. Um, <laughs> that sounds like 77, Jesus says. 77, that's a lot. He would say, what he's saying is, I want forgiveness to be normal. I want that to be part of your personality, your way of going through life. And so to help Peter understand, Jesus tells a parable. It's a story about a debt of money. But it's not just about that. It's not only about when people owe us money. It's about what you should do and I should do anytime someone does something wrong and they want to make it right. So he tells a story about money, but he's not just teaching us about money. He says uh, his story is to explain the kingdom of heaven. Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom of heaven. He says the kingdom of heaven is, is where God rules and one day the kingdom of heaven is going to push all earthly kingdoms out of the way. But the kingdom of heaven is different from anything we know in our world. It's topsy-turvy. Very different. It's a place where uh, the poor in spirit are blessed. Uh, where the leaders of the, of the people are those who are slaves. Where the first will be last. It's a very strange sort of kingdom. And it's got this thing forgiveness in the middle of it. There are three scenes. Firstly, three the left toes. First, in the royal court, the king's there, and he is merciful, he's patient with one of his servants. Secondly, at the gate, 
that servant is not merciful, he's impatient. Thirdly, at the gate the king comes and punishes that unmerciful servant. So see, first part, the king and his servants, verse 23. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now this is a massive amount of money. Uh, in the time and the language, 10,000 was the biggest number they could actually have. You think about that, with our maths and our computers now, you can have really big numbers, but then that was the biggest number you could think of, and a talent was the biggest amount of money, the biggest coin. So it's a sort of comic, comic amount, it's a bit like uh, Warren Buffett owning, owing, owing Mark Zuckerberg, uh, these are big ones in America, if Mark Zuckerberg is owed by Warren four billion dollars. That's more than I've got in my bank account. <laughs> yeah. So this man, he begs for mercy. And he makes a promise he almost certainly can't keep. Oh, I'll pay it all back. You don't pay that all back. You don't go off and, and save that from somewhere. But amazingly, this is the amazing thing, the king cancels the debts. Verse 27, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him that debt. That is amazing forgiveness. Okay, second scene. The man goes out, and what happens? He meets another servant who also owes him money. Verse 28, but when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a denario is what a labourer would get for a day's work. So, a hundred of those, sort of 10,000 pounds, maybe. I think that's the right maths. It's, it's not a small amount. You know, it's a, it's a decent amount to, uh, to someone to owe him. But he's just been given billions. Okay, you should be remembering that. What does this man, this, this second servant who owes him 10,000 pounds, he gets on his knees and he says exactly the same words. If you go back into what had happened back in the palace, verse 26, the servant who owed four billion pounds said, he fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I'll pay you back everything. He goes out, meets the other servant, what does he do? Verse 29, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Exactly the same, isn't it? Except it's not exactly the same. Because what does that forgiven servant do? Verse 30. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Third thing. The whole palace knows this is wrong. Verse 31. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servants, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you? Where's the next slide? How do we do that? There you go, this is, this just shows how great my drawing is. I did a Bible study in classes with our Iranian group uh, in Dagon County Church. So that's the three scenes. That's the good thing at the top of the first scene. The king forgives the man who owes him, that massive amount. He's on his knees, begging, forgive me. He goes out, first thing he does, meets a friend, 
kneeling, saying the same thing, please forgive me, but he refuses. So it's third thing, what happens because of that? King is still on his throne, still wearing the crown, and that wicked servant is thrown into prison. It's a very simple story. Three short, short episodes, and you see how they link together. Merciful king to the servant, unmerciful servant to the other one, so the king puts the unmerciful servant in prison. There are two surprises. I don't know if you noticed, two surprises in the story. First surprise is, this man who's been forgiven millions turns out of the palace, next step, next breath, he refuses mercy to someone who owes him much less. What a hypocrite! Everyone knows hypocrites are wrong. Everyone in the palace can see that it's wrong. But there's another surprise. I wonder if you spotted that surprise. At the very end of the story, what the king does. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he could pay all his debts. And I think this is a surprise, because in this story, it's sort of about the kingdom of heaven, the king, who's that going to be? That's got to be God, hasn't it? It's got to be God who's the king. God is going to throw this person into prison forever. And in case we hadn't realised that, Jesus says, no, you're right, it is about God. Look at verse 35. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your hearts. Do you see the surprise? He has forgiven this man squillions of pounds of debt, but he will not forgive him for being unforgiving. Isn't that just, hasn't he got to put it all about out of proportion? Like, come on, if you're such a kind king, you're going to forgive him squillions. Why won't we let him off for that thing? Because <coughs> the God of heaven, the Father of the Lord Jesus, is a God of compassion and mercy. He will not have in his, in his palace, in his court, people who are not like that. That's why. You cannot be a true servant of the forgiving God if you refuse to forgive. You don't belong in the palace. You belong in the prison. It's very, it's very practical though, isn't it? Someone does wrong and we get angry. We won't talk to them. We're sure we're in the right. They owe us! But we forget we've been forgiven so much. We're like that servant who's been forgiven so much and won't let go of it. What happens to people like that? How will the King of Heaven treat them? Well, verse 34, in anger, his master delivered him over to the jailers until he should pay all his debts. If we refuse to forgive, we'll go to hell. Because we don't belong. So Peter is asking the wrong question. Remember his question, how many times shall I forgive? That's not what the servants of the king ask. They, they just think, wow, I've been forgiven so much. Of course I'll forgive. I, find, I might find it very hard. And I will struggle sometimes, but I will try to do it. If you are a Christian here, you're a member of God's family, you've had an immense debt to God. And the cost of it, he did not say, 
you didn't mean it. He didn't say, it's okay. He didn't say, let's just forget about it. He crushed his son so that he could say, you're forgiven. The price has been paid. And so if you are a Christian, that, uh, that will show in how you act. You will be learning to forgive. We don't get this perfectly right. It is a struggle. But we will be learning. And we know that's the thing we need to learn. If you say that you're a Christian, you say, oh, I know that God forgives me, and then refuse to forgive, Jesus has given you a very serious warning here. It's like, um, yeah, God's always there. He's, I can always go back to him and he'll forgive me. But when it comes to my life, if someone cuts me on the road, well, I'm the president here. You know, I call the shots. Hypocrite. The king only has people who want to be like him in his royal cause. He is a king who forgives. And the servants in his kingdom must forgive too. If you're not a Christian, the most important thing for you, though, to know is you still have that debt to God, and that's against your name. You've not been forgiven yet for your own debt. Maybe you can't imagine forgiving others, and you think, well, I'm glad I'm not a Christian. Being a Christian means I've got to start forgiving people. What could be worth having to forgive people? Well, life with God, safety from hell. Life with the God who made you and loves you so much. It's worth it. But you're right, it's a big price. Someone famously said this, Unforgiveness is the poison we drink hoping someone else will die. I'll say that again, it's so clever. You have to think it through. Unforgiveness is the poison we drink hoping someone else will die. And that's exactly what Jesus is teaching here, isn't it? So Jesus has told a story about people, about forgiving others. It's about when someone's hurt me, or owes me, and how I deal with them. Yes, they've got a problem. They need to sort out the fact they're going around hurting people and owing them. Yes, they do. But this is for me, the person who's been hurt, how I act. Very important. So how do we do this? One man said, Forgiveness is a lovely idea until you have to forgive someone. <coughs> you know, we're all for forgiveness, aren't we? It's just when I have to be the person who does it. <laughs> well, practically, some things are not worth dealing with. You know, someone comes and says to me, ten weeks ago, Joel, at church, you forgot to give me notice sheets. We need to deal with this and sort it out. And I think, yeah, you do need to deal with it. Come on, that's not that important. Someone hasn't actually said that, so it's a made-up story. Um, but what if someone has hurt us, and they've done wrong, they know it's wrong, they, they, they want to, to, to make it up, we, we apologise. Or they come to us, they say, look, it was wrong, I'm sorry. We say, I forgive you. And when we say that, we're making those three promises. I... I'm not going to keep bringing it up again. Okay, and I'm not going to go and keep telling other people about it. And I'm going to do my best to get on with it. We're not promising to be best friends. It can take time to get over things, can't it? 
but we're promising to try and work at it. You don't have to feel like forgiving. You, know, you might not feel like it at all. All your feelings might be saying, no, no, no. But we can make those promises and ask God to help us have those right feelings. How can we do it? It's a really hard thing. We can't do it unless God is helping us and changing us. So if you're not a Christian, you can't really do this. Become a Christian. If you are a Christian, ask God's help so that you can learn to do this. Two really bad things that have happened from this sermon. First bad thing. If we go around judging other people, oh, look at them, they're not very forgiving, are they? Okay? It's a lesson for me to hear. It's a lesson for you to hear for yourself. Second bad thing is you start to worry, oh, I can't be a Christian because I, I find forgiveness hard. We all find forgiveness hard. Don't let this teaching make you think you need to give up and stay away. Come closer to God. Say to him, please, Forgive me that I'm so grumpy, that I'm so hard, that I'm so mean. Please change me. Thank you that you've forgiven me so much. Don't, push, don't, don't go away from me because it is a hard teaching. So, that's forgiveness. Making those promises. I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I'm not going to go and tell them. I'm going to try and get on with you. Jesus explained it in this amazing story. This guy was such a hypocrite and then the shock of how the king treated him at the end. And I'll give you a few practical pointers as to how we might do it. But I know there's, there's loads of other practical issues. So do we go to questions now? Yes. Give us a minute to pray. Yeah, okay. And then, and then you pray for in closing. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a Q&A after that. Okay, so have a think. Bring to God perhaps there might be some situations where you're, you're very upset about some things and forgiveness needs to be good, to be addressed. Ask him to help with those and I'll then leave this in prayer in a minute.